0: Listening to Midtown Conversations, my name is Danielle DeVoe, and today I am interviewing Catherine Frid, Artistic Director from Watercourse Theatre, Mary Malik Neal, musician with a community-engaged practice, and Caroline Brochu, one of the community co-creators of the new play, Living Below the Line. So all three are involved in this really interesting project that's coming to a public space near you in the next week. And we're going to chat a bit more about how this collaborative theatre production came about um and and what are some of the, the important stories that we have to tell about poverty in the Waterloo region so just to start off uh, we'll just have a quick round of introductions so uh, Catherine uh, why don't you go ahead and go first
1: hi thanks Danielle uh, my name is Catherine Frid and I am first and foremost a playwright I work in two different different practices. One is just writing plays in the traditional way, plays of things that I want to say, and the second is doing these community co-creations, which I've been doing for about eight years
2: now. That's great. And Mary, hi, I'm Mary Atal Malik Neal. I'm a community musician. I. Um, I also have a couple of different practices. One is uh, I do a lot of uh, workshops and events using um, instruments made out of materials diverted from the landfill and recycling plants as part of my organization, KW Junk Music. And then I also do a lot of community engaged work, which is making music with um, collaborators throughout the community. And I'm so excited to be part of this theater production. That's great. And Carolyn.
3: I've always done um, music and I've always enjoyed performing since I was little. And um, I was in a choir when I was little and dance lessons. Um, the last thing I did was in 2017, I was um, in the University of Waterloo. Um, there they have, the Conroy Grable has a, a music program, at Conrad Grebel College, and they have lots of programs there, and there's the, the Professor Gerard Young. He's um, he's not at Waterloo anymore. He teaches at Laurier, Wilfred Laurier now, but he was at, at the time, in 2017, he, um, he had a, a choir. And I auditioned actually the first time I auditioned for that, I didn't get it. But then the second time I did. Right. So uh, um, I'm used to, you know, that's what it is. You just, it's persistence. Like if, if you audition for something, you might not get it the first time, but you like, you try, try, I try again. Right.
0: That's great. Yeah. I love that. You know, the so many people being able to find their way back into things that, you know, as you said, when you were younger, you were singing and dancing. And then, yeah, I life,
3: but I've had health challenges. Like I've had, you know, mental health struggles that has forced me, you know, to take, take a step away from arts and stuff. And then, but I've come back into it now. Right.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you're back on in the, on the arts scene. So I guess we can talk a little bit more about how everyone um, kind of got involved in this project, but maybe we'll start with Catherine in terms of how, how did you decide to work on this project? How did it come about?
1: Um, I was working on a project in, in Guelph, working with older adults about dispelling, dispelling stigmas around older adults. And some people from an organization called Basic Income Waterloo Region Saw that show and said, "You know what would be really great? This is the kind of show that would really be useful in our area, in Waterloo region, to talk about the stigmas and the misunderstandings we have about poverty. So basically, say, taking a similar technique and uh, and being able to share stories that were uh, that were actually from people in the community. And we started on this as many as with many projects back in 2018." Um, so we built a, a whole network of organizations, including the Y, uh, Wilfrid Laurier University School of Social Work, the Working Center, uh, and nine different community organizations and advocacy groups are supporting this project and helping with the outreach and also helping with uh, with outreach both to participants and to audiences. Um, and put together a, a, a plan for it, uh, poorly timed just before the pandemic. And then we received some funding. We were very fortunate to receive funding for our project, um, but we weren't able to do it during the pandemic because that would require everybody to have full Zoom access. And that was that was gonna be a barrier for people. So we were thrilled when we were able to start the project this March after the pandemic was was kind of receding.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was such a tricky time uh, to be able to do any kind of collaborative work. And and I think, you know, I have young children in school that were then having to do online learning and it was a place where you saw so much the access to technology um, became a huge barrier to to public participation I think and had really negative impacts on people so it is so nice to be able to get back together and do these kinds of projects. Mary you had a you've, you've had a similar experience with your cl- the delays of collaborative work um, ongoing but how did you get involved in this particular collaborative project?
2: Yeah I I was trying to think back to it actually well Catherine was talking. And I met Catherine, yeah, like before the pandemic when we started talking about this project. And one of the reasons I I was, I was kind of I, I'm connected with the organizations that are in this network already. And somebody within that organization said, you need to meet Catherine because what you're doing would fit so well in what she's doing. <laughs> and it was just one of those conversations. I remember we met and we had like coffee and 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 I was like, this is what I do. And I make instruments out of materials diverted from the landfill. I am very much community engaged. It's all I pretty much do. And Catherine was just like, this would be a really good fit for what I'm planning on doing. And and so it worked out really well. Um, So I just kind of jumped on board and was part of the planning process at that point. And uh, yeah, and then the pandemic happened. But uh, the fact that I was like already connected with like the network, of organizations and I already knew the work that was going on and on the ground and like I I feel like those connections have really helped in um bringing pieces together and uh, yeah it was just one of those things and I'm so glad that Catherine and everybody persisted and was really patient and waited and and until the time was right because it's 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 going to be such a great show
0: yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing it as well um carolyn how did you get involved in the project
2: oh
3: my gosh you know uh i was just kind of i was um i was looking for work you know um different like because uh i went back to school um and like, I went back to school as in a, in somebody in my 40s to get my high school diploma. And I was just kind of um, struggling because I graduated when the pandemic started. So I was struggling out there to look, to find work. So I was on Facebook, um, what was it, like in February of this year, you know, February, 2022, this year, January, February, I was on Facebook looking for jobs, looking for something, and I found this opportunity on Facebook, it was just posted in my, in you know, and I, and I saw the opportunity. I'm like, wow, that's quite the opportunity for me because that's the first, you know, uh, it certainly wouldn't be the first um, musical production or play or whatever that I've been in, but know i just i thought it was just a great opportunity to uh speak of my struggles too you know and get you know talk about my struggles you know while you're creating something you know um i mean it's talk about like the struggles of poverty and all these things like that and this mental health and addictions and and things like that but you'd be doing it while creating artistically you know which is you know it's very different just to you know uh be part of a choir or singing you know other people's songs right but but when you're you know when you're Yeah, it's just, I've never been, I've never done this something like this before. Like everybody's songs, like you just, when you're in a choir or you're, you know, or you're part of a band or part of something, you know, you're singing, you know, you're singing cover songs or you're singing other songs that other people wrote. So this is the first actual song I had a part of creating. It wasn't just me that created it, but I still, it's the first one that I even tried to create. So that's amazing.
0: Yeah. And how does it feel to be back on stage performing?
3: Ah, it's, it's like an old hat, you know, you kind of put it on and then you take it off. It's, it's just like riding a bike, sort of, you get on the bike and, you know, and then you just, yeah, it's like, it, it comes, you know, it's, I mean, I, the confidence that I have on stage is because I've been, it's because I've been performing and been just artistic my whole life. Right. And that's why I have confidence on stage because I've been doing this for a really long time. Right. And, and when you're on stage with other people, then you just, it builds confidence. Right.
0: So when you, when you saw the call, um, for sort of participants, um, did you feel like you all, you had a story to tell? Um, yeah. Oh yeah, already? absolutely. Yep. I
3: was like, wow, this is a great opportunity to tell my story, to put everything out there. You know, it's, it's a healing thing, you know?
0: Yeah. So in the process was there, were there difficult times in terms of the collaboration with, with, um, other people who have had similar struggles to you? Nah.
3: Yeah, it, yeah, because you hear other people's stories and and they're similar to yours, and it's it stings a bit. Yeah, and then you feel like you kind of feel, oh well, maybe you know things are aren't as bad.
0: Well, and this, you know, that, that many people have these experiences and therefore, you know, this is something that we need to look at more um, as a community to give, make sure that people have the supports that they need so that they don't have to go so long without being able to uh, sort of participate out in, in the community because they're being held back.
3: My, and that was also my goal is to be here and speak for people you know, that I know that can't speak for themselves. Speak to speak, to be a voice for people, you know, that are struggling, you know, cause I've seen this in my life. And I've had friends that have struggled with addictions, you know, um, alcoholism, you know, and so I, and other addictions and I, you know, so it's also, you know, just being a voice, you know, saying, hey these people are not these people are not damaged people these people are these people have issues but they are not bad people you know that's my goal too it's not just about it's not just about me getting the spotlight it's also about like you know standing up for people that you know may not have the courage to speak for themselves or they may not know how to articulate themselves you know, be articulate when they talk or it, you know, but yeah, I mean, this is, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's such an important reminder, you know, mental health, um, is something that's a factor in everyone's life and we never know, uh, when it might affect us. And, and it's a, a real injustice in our communities that the end result of having any kind of mental health struggle tends to be poverty that that there aren't there aren't resources in place
3: yeah I mean I have this I live in a government housing it's subsidized right but there are two members of my family that are have not been so fortunate you know and they struggle with some pretty serious things schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and they haven't been so lucky with finding you know places to live
0: so today we're talking about some of the connections between poverty and, and mental health challenges and other societal challenges. Um, we are, uh, here with three, uh, uh, individuals involved in the living below the line theater production that's going to be in uh, local uh, local public spaces and we'll talk a bit about more about that later but we're just going to quickly take a break and we're going to hear a song from one of the collaborators Mary Abdel Malik Neel uh, this uh, is in the same house from her new album I'm Who I Am and we'll be right back
2: well, we have a saying up on the board occasionally at, at St John's Kitchen that says, not all those who wander are lost. Because it can be seen as such a negative thing, lost. as if it's used against people, then it's a weapon.
0: Hi, this is Danielle DeVoe with Midtown Radio. I am here with Catherine Frid, Artistic Director of Watercourse Theater, Mary Abdel Malik Neal, a musician with a community engaged music practice, and Carolyn Brochu, one of the community co creators of the new play Living Below the Line. And this production is a community collaborative project if uh, it fit- features real people talking about real stories of of poverty and other struggles that they've had uh, in the region and um it is a a really great live theater theater experience that you will be able to physically go out and sit with other people and and watch uh, in in the coming weeks. so, um, but we're today we got sort of a sneak peek of some of the stories. So I'm going to um, chat with some of the uh, co-creators who are here with me today about some of the stories that really stuck with them from the performance. So maybe we'll start with Mary. I you know, was there a story that you came to uh, in in the production that that really stuck with you?
2: That's a really hard one because they were all very powerful <laughs> stories. um and i think part of what i love about the work i do in engaged community engaged practice is i learn so much from the people i co-collaborate with like i just walking alongside people and and hearing their experience and even carolyn thank you so much for sharing all the all all of what you shared with us earlier in the segment as well and um i think the one story that really sticks out for me it's called A Maze, and it's just about this one person's, um who has chronic pain and is going through our systems, this maze of our healthcare system, just seeking for help. It's not that this person doesn't want help, they want help, but the way that the system is built, it's created this maze that makes it almost near impossible for someone to get help, and you just watch, It's a very physical scene and you can see the struggle happening as this person is moving through and finding trying to find the the resources and the supports and what's available and it's heart wrenching to watch someone struggling so much who wants to who wants to get better who wants to find but can't because our systems are just not built for for that. And not built for that type of support, and and I think that's that's heart wrenching and also like a wake up call for us to think about well what can what should we be what should we be advocating for what can we do and so a lot of these stories kind of make you kind of hopefully I'm I'm hoping it does for me reflect and then think about like what is my role in this. And um, Catherine, what's uh,
0: what's one of the, the stories from the production that uh, has stuck with you?
1: Okay, that, that's a really tough question, Danielle. Um, you know, we have 12 different scenes in our play, and they're all very unique. Um, and I love them all. One of the things that we focused on that the co-creators really wanted to focus on was talking about their perseverance and hope. And so we have scenes as well that that focus on the on hopefulness and on um, on the strengths, the incredible strengths that people living in poverty have. And one of the fun things that we decided to do was to make a, a scene about superheroes. So how people living in poverty actually have superheroic qualities. In fact the same qualities that the classic superheroes have. Uh, resilience and strength, and uh, we've had a lot of fun turning that into a scene. So that's one of of many scenes that we're having fun with.
0: Mm-hmm. And what do you hope that audiences take away from the production?
1: For me, um, I hope, kind of like like Mary, I have learned so much from working with uh, with Living Below the Line in these past three and a half months, and I really hope that other people get a flavor of. Um, the opportunity we have to look at our stigmas, to look at the stereotypes we have and realize how incredibly inaccurate they are and how, you know, we can, what can I say, be better people in recognizing the complexities of the systems that we help create as voters.
2: Mary, what
0: are you hoping that people take away from the project?
2: Um, I'm along the same lines of what Catherine was saying, like, I I really hope that people get a chance to come and see the individuals who are being open and vulnerable, and really reflect on sort of some of the things that we just kind of feel is commonplace about the way we talk about people, the way we talk about these stigmas, the way we talk about mental health, the way we talk about like the healthcare system, the way I just I think the more that we experience other people's stories and see the the people behind, I mean, that's what I do in all of my community engaged work. The more that we see the stories behind sort of the policies and the stories behind all of the like stereotypes and the stories behind to know that it's, there's something, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect between what we perceive about people. There's a disconnect between our like how our systems are supporting people and um after that reflection there's i have hope that that we can move together as a society as a community of people as individuals to make things better
0: right and carolyn when audiences come and see the performances what are you hoping that they that they they learn about um, your experiences or take away from it
3: kate brought it up i mean she said like we elected these people Um, these systems you know we created these systems through elections
0: so do you hope that people try to um make change to vote for change to change sort of how we're represented and what kinds of issues get get
3: focused on Mm -hmm. yeah like like poverty yeah it's a it's a thing i mean i i mean people just get like people just get treated, like I see homeless people, like I see people on the street, and they get treated so crappily, you know, like, just, they get people just say, swear at them, you know, and they get sworn at, and they get treated, and they get yelled at, and stuff, and it's like, no, that's, that's not what you do, you don't know their story, you know, there's lots of different stories, I mean, people have their own different reasons, you know, it's not necessarily like, you're homeless because you're a drug addict. You're homeless because of this. No, that's not everybody's story. That might be a handful of people's stories, but it's not all the stories. Everybody's story is different. Everybody's.
0: Well, that's why this project is so important um, in terms of being able to tell some of those stories and and put it out in in front of of the world and and have people really ask questions about what kind of community they want to live in and what kinds of choices we need to make to, to make this a more caring, compassionate, supportive community. So thank you so much everyone for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, this uh, I have been talking to Catherine Frid, the Artistic Director of Watercourse Theatre, Mary Abdul-Malik Neal uh, from KW Junk Music, and Carolyn Brochu, one of the community co-creators of the new play, Living Below the Line. So this is a new theatre project in the Waterloo Region that's shedding light on the realities of living below the poverty line in our community. It is um, uh, features, stories from individuals living below the poverty line and sort of telling us about their experiences, um, and sort of the, and, and giving sort of empowering their voices and their stories. And you can see this show uh, between June 17th and 23rd. It will be uh, at, at various sites across the region, including uh, the Wilfrid Laurier University, Cambridge Ideas Exchange, Waterloo Public Library, Waterloo Park and Kitchener Public Library. And so you can go to watercoursetheatre.com for more information uh, to find out uh, when uh, it is showing near you and and please do come out and and support support this great community project my name is danielle debout and you are listening to midtown conversations on midtown radio thanks so much